What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. It's Marlowe. Andrew's not home. Do you know where he is? Clients. Meetings. Eating. Signing. What? I don't know. Is Andrew having an affair? The guy is missing. And, and your, your first instinct to say, he could be lying in a ditch somewhere. I got a weird feeling when we were out with him. Baby, Andrew Klein is a true family man. He is the last guy in the world to have an affair, besides me. Welcome back, baby bros, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. Just got back from Austin, Texas, attended Austin City Limits, saw some friends down there. I want to give a special shout out before we get started to Roseanne. Roseanne is a listener of the pod. Yes, there are females that listen to this pod. Shout out to you, Roseanne. She gave me a bunch of helpful tips and tricks as to how to have the best time at ACL. Check out my Instagram, Twitter, whatever to see some behind the scenes stuff from ACL. Uh, we are back, guys. We have an awesome episode today with Chris Spads. Chris Spads, a lot of you might know him from his Barstool Sports days. When I used to be a Cube Monty, I used to read his blogs when he used to work for Barstool. One of my favorite writers for Barstool. He's currently the co-host of the Splash Play podcast presented by Football Outsiders. Great dude. Chris and I have like circled each other for a long time. We have a lot of mutual friends in common. For those who might not be familiar with his background, he did get in some trouble when he was at Barstool for writing... What would be considered, I guess, an insensitive blog today. And so I think he's a little on guard about those types of things. He brought so much energy, it kind of took me by surprise. Sound like he had like three cups of coffee before we started recording. He came super prepared with a ton of notes. But he did kind of teeter on like wanting to apologize on behalf of the show. So that's how the conversation kind of starts. But we get to a good place where we're, we're joking around about the episode by about the midway to three quarters way uh, point of the episode. We're talking about running on E today, episode four of season six, all the usual stuff. Follow at oh yeah Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And I highly suggest that you do, at least for the upcoming week, because we have a massive guest for next week. One I've been working on for about six weeks now. I've had the interview recorded for a couple weeks now, and I've had to keep my mouth sealed uh, as to who I'm having on. You guys know him super well. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Just check out the social media accounts. Follow everything. Follow at JR Will Do It and at oh yeah Pod across all platforms to find out who we're having next week. We're doing the Tom Brady, Mark Wahlberg golf episode. It's a big one. I had to, I had to did a bid desk for it. Um, other than that, enjoy this episode. It was super fun. We talked about all sorts of stuff. Johnny Drama, auditioning actresses. Ashley, maybe she has a better episode than I give her credit for. Spad just did a great job of defending that. And uh, Turtle uh, getting dressed up by Jamie Lynn, going to Brooks Brothers and getting a total makeover. It's good stuff. Enjoy the episode, and I will definitely talk to you next Monday. My guest this week is the co-host of the Splash Play podcast presented by Football Outsiders. He was previously the co-founder of Diazim.com. He's also worked at BarstoolSports.com, UpRots.com. He's dialing in from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Chris Spads, welcome for the first time to the Entourage podcast. Thank you, JR. I feel like it's been years in the making here. You had floated DM to me. We couldn't make it happen then. Now I'm getting to do it just for the bright lights of Entourage where everything starts to go terribly. So I'm excited to strap in for this one. Excited to finally do the pod with you. 
Dude, thank you so much. Uh, we, we have been circling each other a long time. We were just talking offline about how we connected early on in the show's run. And then, you know, and this is kind of the reason I, I took this thing independent was when I was with Bro Bible, I had to, I had like metrics I had to hit. I had daily, weekly goals, all this shit. And now that it's mine, I can just have cool people on who want to talk about the show. And that was kind of the intention behind the thing the whole time. So my first question to everybody who's a first time guest on this pod and it's always an interesting answer, is what is your relationship with Entourage like? When did you first watch it? Did you stick with it? Did you watch the movie in theaters? This type of thing. So I loved the show, and I think that was the hard part, was I thought seasons one and two were very interesting, very creative, you know, veering on the edge of a, a dark comedy kind of show in a way that speaks to me as somebody, you know, that's right in my wheelhouse. Then it became male sex in the city, and then that's when it just kind of lost me, where it was all about the lifestyle. I mean, sort of, you know, I think, was a preview of what was going to come with the, like what, uh, what the Kith guys like Instagram pages are now, like what this life is, is just sort of a derivative of what entourage was. But for me, it was like, what was interesting was like, Oh, what if Vince's life goes South? Like, what if he is addicted to drugs? What if Johnny's getting better work than him? And they never explored any of those cre uh, creative plot points. They just kind of made it all about, you know, self masturbate. Can we curse on here? By the way, I feel like I need to. Yeah, of course. No, of course you can do whatever you want on this spot. You're just jerking themselves off left and right. That's what the show became. And I think that's where it lost me, but I still, watched it until the end did see the movie i don't think i saw it in theaters but i did make sure to go see it and, and at that point it was just like this ship has sailed too far for me but glad thank you for the times thank you for all the fun guys but it's over yeah and you know what we were talking about like the timeline of the show and like this is like right before those things start to happen this is i think i've talked about this in the last couple episodes this is like one of the experiment seasons where vince is on easy street and so you're focused more on E turtle drama and what's going on in their lives and it's definitely still good this is a good episode of entourage we're going to talk about now it precedes some pretty rough ones so it's kind of like the calm before the storm so we'll do our best to get through it um i'm excited you're here so let's just dive into it we're, we're talking about season six episode four running on e it originally aired on sunday august 2nd 2009 chris where were you on this date not that exact sunday but where were you in life in August of 2009? So that was actually, I was still working in public relations for bankrate.com, the home of mortgage rate data and CDs and all these exciting things that uh, for me was my last job in public relations because I knew if I'm doing this and I'm in an office where everybody's so great, I'm winning awards there in PR and I was just miserable every day going <laughs> in. Um, I'd started doing stand-up, started doing guysm.com at that point. So I was basically plotting out my exit strategy from, you know, from this corporate world from wearing a shirt and tie every day. Uh, so definitely, you know, right in that entourage wheelhouse where I would have been a person who spent money on this show, would have been a person who was probably talking about with my friends high-fiving over Vince's latest hijinks. So uh, definitely speaks to my, my youth. That's great. We have similar stories. And, uh, you know, the listeners know this, but I'll, I'll give you the... The Spark Notes version. Essentially, I was like a, a tech sales guy in the Bay Area, doing the same thing, doing stand up, writing for some of the websites you and I have both written for, and just kind of took the plunge. I'm a little younger than you, so 2009, I would have still been in college, but just a few years after this, I did the same thing, and uh, here I am talking about Entourage every day, <laughs> ten years after the fact. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> you know it. Uh, so I do a little time capsule thing here, just you know, pop culture, what was happening in the world. So on this date, maybe not this date exactly, but a few weeks after this, the New York Times reported that Marvel, Marvel Entertainment, was having trouble financing some of its major movies and meeting a requirement to raise a third of its budget by selling off its overseas distribution rights. 
And at the same time, the Walt Disney Corporation, on the other hand, was focused on growth. So at the end of August 2009, Disney paid a total of $4 billion for the purchase of Marvel. And in 2019, 10 years later, CNBC reported in the decade since that purchase, <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe had made Disney over $20 billion at the box Good investment office. then. Yeah, good, better <laughs> business than E was running at that point. That's right. Yeah, E, e was, yeah, if only E could have gotten into the Marvel-Disney merger. So as of now, I've, people know this, there are a total of 30 released Marvel films, plenty more to come. And then just to level set, in March of 2019, again, 10 years after this bid purchase, Disney purchased 21st Century Fox for a whopping $72 billion. So, And with that purchase comes X-Men, Fantastic Four, all these different properties, National Geographic, FX. Uh, yeah, we're all going to be working for Disney pretty soon here, Spatch. It's, uh, but, it's inevitable. But not Aquaman. He That's cannot right. be bought by Disney at this point. Or Spider-Man. That's, uh, yeah, it's it's Try as they might. Quick recap of this week's episode. I hope you guys, I hope the listeners have uh, rewatched it, but a uh, quick recap of Running on E. It's a little bit shorter this week. Sometimes these recaps are pretty long. So with production on his next film delayed, Vince searches for ways to amuse himself. Andrew Klein tells Ari that he's ended his affair with Lizzie Grant, but Ari has Lloyd keep an eye on him anyways. Drama auditions actresses to play his new love interest on Five Towns, and Jamie Lynn takes turtle shopping for back-to-school clothes, while a bored E contemplates his next move in his empty office. Spags, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? I think it's got to be David Schwimmer. I think it was one of those things, like not quite the Bob Saget level yeah. of cameo. There's certainly some more famous ones out there, but Schwimmer hadn't done a lot at this time. Like he certainly kind of went back into the lab after after Friends ended. I think was doing some theater at this point, yep. but it did sort of like was a preview of what his career was going to be, where he's talking about doing TV, but didn't want to do traditional TV. Of course, ends up doing the Kardashian or the uh, uh, playing one of the Kardashians, of course, in the OJ miniseries, yep. and then yep. has this renaissance to himself. But I thought he came off well. I thought he was it was kind of like the Wayne Brady cameo on Chappelle's show where it's like you could see him doing this in the hopes that he gets more interesting gigs and doesn't yep. get typecast into the same Ross roles but I would say for me David Schwimmer an easy MVP and, and also the most interesting scene too where Entourage got so far away from here's what happens behind the scenes in Hollywood yep. this was like a really good take on what that could be and the gross side of it that we would learn more about in the coming decade but still like David Schwimmer being personal being charming being edgy like all the stuff that I think we enjoy about the show 100% we'll get more into it when we talk about celebrity cameos but him playing against type us seeing a little behind the curtains like what it would be like to be in an agency pitching ideas to a big client a client who has so much fuck you money and has just like such disregard for everyone around him including Ari Gold's super agent it's great uh the little interaction he has with Raj when Raj is like it's really funny and he's like boy Raj thank you so much for this great idea is it's great I, I listed I think I ranked all of the cameos for Entourage uh, for Complex.com a few years ago. 121 total cameos, and I'm pretty sure Schwimmer was in, like, the top 20 or something like that. Ooh, so. I mean, and there was a cat that may or may not talk, so it was nice <laughs> that he had the optionality for that, where if he wanted to take it in a direction where the cat talks, great. That's yeah. the kind of pull that Schwimmer had back in those Schwimmer, days. Schwimmer, you got final cut on the cat. That's what you got. <laughs> ah, you made all the right moves. I know that you love the directing thing. I know you love doing the theater thing, but I think that this is the right time to get back into TV. Look, this I'm not totally ruling it out. It's just, if I'm gonna do another series, it's gotta be something fresh. It's gotta be something original. And the stuff I'm hearing, I'm just not loving. Well, then no worries. We'll, we'll just keep telling you stuff until you hear something you love, okay? Let's go. Trish, what do you got? 
Out There. It's a traditional family sitcom. You play a neurotic, funny dad who captains his entire family on a cruise around the world. <laughs> wow, so it's kind of like Raymond meets the love book. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Or or I just shoot myself in the fucking face right now. <laughs> Don't you dare touch that point of David Schwimmer, my favorite friend. Wow, this is a first. Remember when I signed here how you said you'd be in all my meetings? Yeah. Okay, that was a good one. That was a what good else one. we got? Uh, Raj, what do you got? Neurosis. It's about a neurotic guy who is allergic to everything. It's really funny. They want Pamela Anderson for the hot neighbor with a cat. Who may or may not talk. Do you guys validate? <laughs> My favorite moment is drama walking into the audition with all the supermodels and like talking to them. I mean, there's no other way. It's just, it's so perfectly drama. He's like, hello ladies, it's a pleasure to see you today. He's like kissing women's hand and dropping to a knee. He's like, Johnny Chase, not too nervous, I hope, but he's being so lecherous and gross and like over the top, but it is so funny because he's so excited to like get a love interest. In his sixth season on this NBC show, they just have tr truly never given him a chance to show, like, romantic chemistry on screen. It's so I, I will say, because you're saying it, like, the way that I had phrased it in my notes, and again, I, I said to JR before the show, three pages of notes on this one, so I came ready to play Love with it. prep. Love it. Vaguely creepy, but mostly overjoyed with power Johnny dramas, yes. how I would define him, <laughs> where it definitely, like, it was part of what made this character likable at the time, and now you would do this and be like, ooh, like, you probably can't even do the scene, even though it is playful and, like, sure. nice, and, you know, maybe the 15 casting sessions of him aggressively making out in a way that is not camera-friendly, I think would probably uh, put him over the line a little bit bit but yeah the effort was there a hundred percent and we talked a lot about drama he's obviously one of the best characters in television he's one he's probably our favorite character on the show but you watch him struggle for so many years and now he does have just a, like a a smidge of power and he's just using it for no good he's going to eddie burns he's rejecting all these actors it just shows how out of touch he is and it's it's perfect it's, it's perfect comedy hello ladies it's a pleasure to see you all today jenny chase Pleasure. Hi there, Johnny Chase. How's everyone? Ready? Not too nervous, I hope? Don't be. We're gonna have fun. But we may do this a few times, so uh get your chapstick ready. Yeah, I mean, that's that's trauma, but I feel like, you know, at the same token, it's like he is the kind of guy, like, in terms of, like, an acting job, like, people don't give Johnny Drama a lot of credit in terms of, like, the real-life motivations and how that character goes, but throughout the show, like, his reactions are probably very much in line with what that person in that lot in life would be in every situation, yep. and I think it's something that, you know, you're never going to give Kevin Dillon the credit, you're going to be like, hey, he's such a fantastic actor, but he really does make Johnny Drama a human being in the way that everybody else in the show kind of binges on a, or, you know, veers towards being a caricature. 100%. We've talked about this before. Like he's a fully formed person, and there are Johnny dramas to this day running around Hollywood. You know, washed up has-beens who just like rest on their own laurels and are just looking for that next did, looking for that audition, looking for that bit part that'll extend their career. Spads. Every week we talked about our favorite bros being bros moments, and you know while that term's a little outdated, I'm just talking about like moments of authentic male friendship. What do you got for me this week? So I think the the one, so there's a quick one where I thought it was Ari ribbing in the beginning where he's in bed with the lady who we would, you know, <laughs> learn to see more throughout the course of the episode. And I think she's in a, a couple episode plot line at this yeah. point, yeah. but he's yeah. asking basically for revenge porn of her to prove that she exists. So that's one of those things where probably can't do that right now, but still was kind of classic Ari, likable scumbag Ari, the sure. character transformation they made for him. 
I think the really big bros being bros one though is he decides to shut down his agency at the end of the show. It's clearly a big decision, something he's been stewing over in his mind. They're making fun of him that morning. And the way they respond to this life-changing moment is wrestling around on the floor <laughs> as the song plays. It's like, oh, just, you know, dudes just grappling around as they do after these major life decisions. That's classic entourage. So, yeah. He announces, I'm shutting down the business. You know, it's, I felt stupid not going into an office every day and just working from the kitchen. And Drama's response is to put him in a headlock and like <laughs> grapple him to the ground on the patio. And they start punching him. Like, oh, okay. These are, at this point, these men are in their vulnerability. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Everything okay? What's wrong? Uh, I'm shutting down the business. The Murphy group? Yeah. It wasn't much of a group anyway. Oh, come on, Johnny. Why? What, what happened? The only reason I ever opened the office in the first place because I didn't think it looked good having a guy manage you from his kitchen. My first manager didn't even have a kitchen. A small studio and a hot plate. <laughs> hey, well, E, don't worry about that. If you were happy, yeah, you well, just... Yeah, well, not so. Is this because we were making fun of you this morning? We were just kidding. Nah, it's got nothing to do with that. The officer's a joke. I'm okay with it. Great. All right, so sit back and enjoy some time off, I got to say. A little hiatus does the body good. An extended vacation, Ian. Then you figure out what the next big move is. Here, here. To little people who dream of doing big things. Such a jerk. Come on, we'll hit Paris, hang out till the movie starts. Yeah, I can't ditch Ashley. Oh, Who's come Ashley? On. God, this kid's whipped already. <laughs> what are you talking you about? You little pussy, little bitch. being bros the first is and this is you know sadly ari covering for andrew when ari knows that he's cheating mm. he has to lie to his wife it's it's a tough spot you're a married man i'm a married man like this is like it's one of those things where like you kind of have to have your boys back if you expose your friend who's cheating to a female significant other who knows his female significant other that's 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 it. You you're the you're the squeaky yeah. wheel that brings down the whole. The, the vault cannot be opened. Yeah, that's that's a bad scene for everybody. But it's also like Ari is very paternalistic in this yeah. one too, where just you know caring for Andrew, but also caring for his wife, caring for the family is like yep. this is definitely the turn for Ari, where he's no longer a pure dirtbag. We've also completely erased the fact that he was committing adultery on the show. Now he's been faithful right. for 15 years, yeah. uh, but it's still you know something where he is caring for all these people around him in a way where it's like oh, this is the likable Ari that they kind of found the right notes for. It's truly like eating at him, and he has this great one, uh, one-on-one with Andrew where he, he basically tells everyone, get the fuck out of the office, and he's like, your wife called my wife last night, and do you know what type of position that put me in? He has the great line, like, I don't want the, <clears throat> I don't want the stress of an affair without the fun of the pussy. It's, it's pretty perfect. Like, if you think about that line while it's, you know, a little whatever, vulgar, it's like, that would be stressful, covering for your buddy's affair which is totally something that has nothing to do with you, but all of its repercussions have to do with you, would suck. And so him just doing that, though, out of love for his boy, Andrew, is, is, is pretty good. I will say that was also, that made my favorite line slash yep. quote, and I'm glad you had to say it out loud instead of me, because it's still one of those things where it's like, I don't know that I want to be saying pussy yeah. too much on, on podcasts, especially in that context. You never know if people are going to clip. It's all good. I was with Lizzie. I know, but I was ending it. Don't you dare lie to me. In the life of my kids, Ari, I, I thought about my family, my career, I ended it. You put me in a really bad spot. I lied to my wife. 15 years I've been faithful. I don't want the stress of an affair without the fun of the pussy. It's over, Ari. I I'm sorry. You okay? Yeah. 
about Lizzie? How'd she take it? Yeah, she's okay. You know, she's a career gal. She, uh, she doesn't want to screw this up. Good. And I was serious about Sorkin. You signed him? I'm working on it. Did he say anything about me? He still hits your guts. <laughs> Listen, we got Schwimmer today. I want him back on the tube. I'll do my best. Do better than that. And then later, this is another bros being bros. It's just drama asking Turtle if he can ask his girlfriend to do this scene with him. Mm. Hey, you know, look, Turtle, I've never really asked you for anything because you've never really had anything to offer. I'm just asking you as a friend, please, please, can I kiss your girlfriend on a broadcast network show? And it's nice. It's, it's like a genuine heartfelt, like, hey, man, man to man, I need your help here. Turtle, you know... He initially rejects it, but then after some time, like, you know, he comes back around. So that's a nice bros being bros, a little bit more positive than, you know, Ari covering for his cheating friend. Yeah, that's kind of classic Turtle, too, where he was always the more generous out of all of them. And certainly, like, that's a situation where I have a lot of trouble with his relationship with Jamie Lean Sigler throughout this entire episode. Really? So we can talk about that as we yeah. go. But I do think it is, you know, certainly a sacrificial thing of him. He, you know, these guys at this point very much in the uh, the worried about perception stage of their of their masculinity as well. So I think it was you're right that is very much a bros being bros moment and i didn't even think of it like that i was just like johnny just classic johnny getting creepy again on another level absolutely not why for so many reasons the first one being i don't want your tongue on my girlfriend's mouth it's just acting i know your tongue's been drama i have to act like i'm not horrified turtle i've never really asked you for anything because you've never really had anything worth asking for but now i'm asking you as a friend if you would please just ask jamie if she would consider it i can't do it this is really, really important to me, Turtle. Really important, please. Come on, baby, let's go. I want to see what you look like. I'm coming. I love you, John. I just can't. I'm sorry. Spads, what was your least favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? So I would say what made me, the whole Andrew Klein plot line made me uncomfortable and it made me remember how much I kind of didn't enjoy that storyline that goes sure. on over the, I looked up the, the Wikipedia page. I don't want to spoil it, of course, the podcast. It just keeps going. He's just on the show people, forever. People have seen the whole show, I would hope, who are listening to the show. Well, but yeah, what if yeah. they're listening for the first time? That's they're true. like, finally, JR got me to listen to the <laughs> watch Entourage, listen to this podcast in parallel. I don't want to ruin it, but just him misconstruing the whole thing about not lying to your family and then going the other way with it. I would say that's the worst. Um, I would say also Vince being the needy friend overall just kind of yeah. made me cringe where it's like, yeah. you have so much going for you and you're just that lonely. And it would be different if that were like a plot line where it's like, Oh, Vince is so lonely in this world where, you know, even though he's got these friends, got yeah. all these people got 75 people on Facebook looking to be his pal immediately. He's still that desperately alone. But of course they never touched that in any interesting way that gave it character <laughs> motivation. So um, yeah, that's certainly up there. He calls every single one of the other guys in this episode and is like, what are you doing? I'm bored. Come hang out with me. And, you know, but, you know, in his defense, up until this point, they've never not been with him. He's always been with one of the other three. So now that they all have their own shit going on, we see Vinny on his own. So my least favorite moment is in that plot line. He invites Nikki the waitress over and there's just... It's just one of the most poorly acted scenes in the episode where Nitty's like, I gotta go back to work. I can come back later. And Vince is like, well, I don't know what I'll be doing later. Nitty lifts her shirt and says, could it be better than this? And Vince goes, probably not. It's like, well, this, this doesn't even happen in anywhere close to reality. I think we're supposed to think like, oh man, that'd be so cool. But looking at it now, I'm like, that was pretty fucking cringe. That didn't, that didn't work on any level. And not even from like a problematic, I'm upset Thing, just more like a what the hell was that that was terrible 
I guess, in, you know, at the time frame again with where I was in life in my mid 20s, it's more like for me, like, oh, yeah, maybe there's a world where some girls like I just want to hang out with you so bad. Let me just go girls gone wild for a second to remind you of what you just saw literal minutes ago. I guess that's a possibility. But I agree. It just poorly acted. It seemed like an unnecessary plot line. And it was also paired too, where it's like Vince is hooking up with his girl. He's hooking up with his girl. Uh, you know, Johnny's yeah. making out un- vaguely unconsensually with a group of women just trying to be professionals, <laughs> trying to get their first acting gig. Uh, so like that's classic entourage just everybody's getting laid no matter what time of day no matter what situation in life and i guess in that respect it's like good for you entourage but yes not the best acting yo vince what up nothing i'm bored i called you three times you didn't pick up jamie made me shut it off so i could uh focus on clothes which he still won't do what happened to nikki her friend can only cover one shift you want to come hang with us uh, i'm uh, uh, uh. Vince, you know I love you, but this guy hates to shop, and I've been trying to get him close for a week. So please just give me a couple of hours, and then he's all yours, okay? All right, you got it. No worries. I'm sure I can find some way to amuse myself. I'm sure you will. Goodbye. Okay, let's go find pants. Okay. Sure you can't stay? Yeah, I gotta go back to work. I can come back later. I don't know what I'm doing later. Could it be better than this? Probably not. And then last, I do have another least favorite moment. Uh, Ashley E's girl just like hates the old woman who answers his phone. Like, t- like goes out of her way multiple times to take shots at her. And he's like, she's very nice. Like she works for me. She's like, what's with the fossil? Eh, my grandma's nice too. But like, I wouldn't hire her to be the first face people see when they come to my business. It's like Jesus. If as if Ashley needed more reasons for people to dislike her, she does this shit. She's just like needlessly taking shots at old old women who aren't harming her in any way super so boy this is uh, this is gonna pour 10 poorly for me then in this episode because i liked ashley here i thought not the not necessarily the ageism i think uh, you know we've moved past that as a as a society hopefully but that's like la it's like about the aesthetics she's working in fashion so like you know you gotta kind of look the part then so I think she was right overall. I agree she was unnecessarily mean, but you kind of have it on both sides where there's a weirdness with age where like, I also thought it was weird that Turtle is being dressed like an eight-year-old boy by a significant <laughs> other. So it's like, you know, there's uncomfortability on both sides if you are uh, looking young like Turtle or looking old like uh, like the secretary. So you're a fan of the Ashley Terror. Do you remember her plot from this season, Spads? And it's okay if no. you don't. Like she comes around two episodes ago and she's here for eight episodes and it gets more and more... She gets more and more insecure and jealous. She's going through Eric's phone. She's oh, that's it's, right. And then at the end, I'm, again, this is not to spoil anything, but anyone listening has probably seen the show. Like at the end, Eric basically dumps her for Sloan, who he's been mm. pining after this entire time. So it's it's been talked about a lot on this podcast, but like she's one of the most hated girlfriend characters in Entourage history, sadly. <laughs> See, I mean, I could see with the way that it goes. I feel like in this one capsule of time, which is, again, I made sure to just watch the one episode because yeah, I yeah, want to give the perspective of not, you know, you watched every single one. You've you've broken down the film Zapruder style time <laughs> and time again. For me, it's like I'm coming in and I just want to capture this one moment. I thought throughout this one episode, she was like perfectly game to go along with what he wanted. I guess you could all see the character traits that would lead her to be jealous and maybe yeah. a little too live in her life on E's lifestyle. But I could see the, like, you know, that coming in this episode, though, she's reasonable. She's like, you know, entertaining she's snarky in the right ways so i would say for like a no sloan episode hard to ever beat sloan hard to even get close to sure, the the sure. apex of what emmanuel shrieky is overall <laughs> but for ashley i thought in this one episode i thought she acquitted herself well and you know what in ashley's defense i will say her little like pep talk to e after they bone on his couch in his office mm-hmm. is like 
you have Vince, you have the golden ticket. Why are you wasting your time? Like keeping up the charade of like, I have an office. I manage other people. Like she's like, you have Vince. Do you know how many people would kill to have a Vince in their life? Like, what are you doing? Enjoy what you have. So maybe she is for, for the sake of this episode. Maybe she is, maybe you're convincing me Spaz. Maybe you're convincing me that she's not that bad for this one episode <laughs> a reality check was what yeah. he needed in that situation he needed somebody to come play with him because he had spent the whole tough one hour at the office <laughs> really working so hard she came she, you know like again if you think about it through the prism of like if you're e if i'm going through this tough time and somebody comes is, is willing to drop everything come my way not only do that but have sex with me on the couch in my office and ignore yeah. the elderly lady while throwing <laughs> in some gentle barbs about her very existence i feel like ashley did a good job in this episode despite you know whatever may come i can't can't speak to that jr no problem Everything okay? He's happy. He found Facebook. <laughs> and what about you? you know, right now I am. Well, I'm glad I can help. Well, maybe we should make this a daily occurrence. <laughs> we made this a daily occurrence. I'd be working at J. Crew, and you'd be managing the biggest loser. Yeah, well, at least he's working. What's wrong? Uh, nothing. I just don't really know what I'm doing here. What do you mean? I don't understand. I mean that I come here every day, so I feel like I have purpose, but the truth is... Last year, Vince's career exploded, and the rest of my business imploded. But you have Vince. Yeah, but what do I have here, in this office? Jane? Yeah. (laughs) And I never really knew how to make this a real business. I was always good at helping Vince move forward, not very good at helping myself move forward. But Eric, you have Vince. I mean, do you know how lucky you are? Two years ago, I was managing a grocery store to pay my bills. And you have the freedom that most people suffer for. Don't take it for granted. Yeah. So, what do you really want? I don't know. What was your most entourage moment of this episode? And that can mean, Spads, whatever you think entourage in quotes mean. This always is fun as people take it in many different directions. So I think one we talked about already, so I'll, I'll go with like the, the quote part where it's the asking Vince, the how come, or no, Vince asking, how come you're not in this Facebook thing? And then he goes, because I'm an adult. And now it's like, that to me is what Entourage is, where it's this really significant moment in time that now is no relation to what we're doing in 2022. <laughs> and it's like, I don't go on Facebook anymore. Like I had my high school reunion this weekend and saw some people and it's like, got tagged in some photos on oh. Facebook. It's like, I haven't gone on Facebook since yeah. before various elections. Like I don't, yep. I don't look at anything on there. And it for me, it's like, oh, if you're on Facebook, that means you are the most adult of an adult. You're doing the most saged, well-aged boomer memes in the sure, world. Like sure. that's sort of your political takes left and right on there. And at this point in time, it's just like Vince is somehow ahead of the curb for just being on Facebook. Yeah, that's pretty good. At, at the time, it was it was uh, it was considered cutting edge, and we'll we'll talk about that as we get going through some of the other categories, things that haven't aged well, or things that might be different in this week's episode. My most entourage moment is just this entire idea, and this is how the episode starts, of Vince's shoot in Malta being pushed for three months and all of the guys just now having time to hang out. That is so entourage. They keep saying stuff to him like, you know, Vince, a little R&R will do the body good. Their entire life is R&R. There hasn't been an episode where they haven't been fucking chilling, driving Ferraris, banging hot girls. It just, it's so funny, the idea that like, they're like, ah, finally, a break from our lives being 
in the entourage of Vincent Chase. It's- but at the same token, though, if you're to take entourage as a representation of reality, like Vince's life would be hard going from movie sure. from shoot to shoot, doing 6 a.m. to yeah. to 9 p.m., you know, being in the cold, being like being in all these different situations. Like it's obviously not hard being an actor relative to like, yeah, you could have yeah. like a real job. You could be in a coal mine somewhere. Sure. Like it's much more difficult, but still like that would be stressful if we were to look at entourage in a real in a real way that it doesn't look at itself at any other point. That's fair. And, and, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the pushback on these spads. A lot of people will just be like, yeah, no, you're right. Let's keep it moving. And uh, no, I completely agree. You're making me rethink different parts of this episode. And it's hard to make me rethink parts of Entourage because I've watched. But I put that on my resume. Made, uh, dude, made JR rethink about Entourage, <laughs> though, because you have spent more time doing this. You've been in the coal mines. <laughs> dude, I've, I've been in the coal mines of Entourage now for four or five months. I'm not sick of it yet, but it's, uh, you know, it can kind of, it can get dusty down here. Uh, favorite line or quote from this week's episode? I- I'll start it. You actually, you actually mentioned this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Ari, wow, you pay for that? Or is there somebody out there who would actually bang you for free? Which is hilarious between him and he. It's just that, that you know, rat-a-tat like dialogue between the two of them where they're kind of constantly telling each other to go fuck themselves. Hello? I'm still tingling from the weekend. Who is it? It's Ari. It's okay. Go back to sleep. Wow, you pay for that? Or is there someone out there that would actually bang you for free? What's going on, Ari? You just calling a recap? Now I got a late night email. Darebont just got hit with a monsoon on Malta. Jesus, is he all right? He's fine, but the sets aren't. They're going to push Ferrari 12 weeks. What are we supposed to do for 12 weeks? Enjoy life. What else? And snap some below-the-belt photos of that partner of yours and send them over here. I am bored. You wish. Later. Later. I think that's a great one. I would say the, the I don't want the stress of the affair with none of the pussy I feel like has to make it as well. I'll say it out loud. Yep. I would also say uh, Johnny Drama with the I made out with 15 of them. Not a single <laughs> one of them made me draw wood. You know why? I'm attracted to talent. Draw so wood. Who says draw wood, first of all? But also, like, so here's the thing that I would say if we're going to push back on drama, and we've talked about him being a relatable character, both, you know, if you wanted to make like a malicious version of Johnny Drama, you could too, in like a serious Hollywood scandal kind of perspective of things. But the fact that he's holding up a production to make out with women in a professional setting in the hopes that they give him an erection (laughs) is just like a wild stretch of events for Johnny Drama. And, you know, like these, these productions get held up. Like, JR, you live in LA, like, you know, like, jobs are on the line like covid stuff they're all wearing masks all the time still because they can't have the production be off by a week and johnny drama's like no these models aren't hot enough for me to make out with we gotta we gotta slow this down like what an asshole you know what i was thinking about this while i was watching this is i I do like we've talked about this and i've talked about on the pod and i've mentioned this to you i'm a creative director so i do commercials and so like one time we did a shoot for like a back to school thing and it was like pencils books and lunchbox materials and we were shooting the stuff we shot all day 12 hour shoot day and at the end of it the client calls and goes oh wait we now need to feature backpacks so we had to push we had to basically trash everything we had just shot add backpacks and then do a whole nother day it costs like five hundred thousand dollars to do this and it just it just shows you like Drama, every like time you are being an idiot or an asshole or holding things up, you were just costing like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm sure those models could not have capably put a backpack over their shoulder oh, yeah. and made it look coy. Dude. Like they were yeah. not doing a great job acting. We could all agree there. Okay, cut. Great. Shirley, that was excellent. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Shirley. Great stuff. Great stuff. Bravo. What did you think, Drama? I thought she sucked. But they all suck. Right, calm down. Where are we getting these girls from anyway? We put a call out to all the modeling agencies. Models? That's what this was? A model search? The network wants a model. Am I the only one who's horrified? 
I had zero chemistry with these models. Do you know why? Because they could be outacted by lint. Oh, but they're sexy. Yeah, so what? I made out with 15 of them. Not one of them made me draw wood. You know why? Because I'm attracted to talent. Every week we talk about our favorite music from the episode. We have a playlist. Oh yeah, oh yeah, music. It's on Spotify. Go to the show notes and uh, check it out. You can access it there via a link. What was your favorite song or what songs jumped out at you from this week's episode, Spads? So I felt like it was kind of a weak song episode. Yeah. Like there was the one like uh, R&B song, which I felt like they were trying to make something. Didn't do it for me. Yeah. I feel like the 80 cent song as Ari was walking down to confront Andrew in the parking lot spoke to me where mm-hmm. it reminded me of like my fi- one of my favorite shows, The O.C., which if there's a show like this about the OC please somebody invite me on that one but like just you know the the Ryan going down the 405 kind of music like that was what it was with Ari taking care of business and supporting his guy and all that but I feel like besides that like not a single song where I was like yeah it's a banger that's nice to hear again when Ari goes in the parking lot the song is called Black Flag by Duchess Says um I'm glad you brought up the OC because we're gonna bring it up a little bit later when we talk about one of the actresses in this episode oh yes we also have Can't Stop Won't Stop by Young Duns it's the that scene you're talking about where it's mm-hmm. like Vince just gets done banging Nikki the waitress Ian Asher you're getting it going in his office and drama's kissing the actress uh uh at the and they uh, won't audition. stop John, Johnny Drama especially refuses drama. to stop <laughs> that's right asks these girls to do 25 tates and then we also have uh, Empire of the Sun song to round out the episode Standing on the Shore not one of the stronger like credits songs for Entourage, mm-hmm. but still good. I, I like Empire of the Sun. So all, all three of those songs will be on the uh, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah music playlist. Let's talk a little bit more about Schwimmer. So we have two celebrity cameos this episode. We've got David Schwimmer and we've got Eddie Burns. We've seen Eddie Burns before. You mentioned it, but David Schwimmer, Chicago guy, obviously gained worldwide recognition for portraying Ross Deller on Friends. He received Primetime Emmy nomination, Screen Actors Guild Award, but after the series finale of Friends 2004, he really branched out and like started doing his own thing, which is what we see here. He did a bunch of London plays. He directed a movie called Run, Fat Boy, Run. In 2016, he starred as lawyer Robert Kardashian in The People vs. O.J. Simpson, which he then received his second Primetime Emmy Award nomination. It's a good cameo. He, do- he does this stereotypical like actor playing against their type thing. But it's great. He- he's kind of a dick. He wants to sleep with Lizzie. He's making fun of Raj to his face. And he's wearing that... like kind of douchebag purple Henley that like still weirdly ages well. I'm like, I can see someone wearing that today. Like that's, I might have one of those in my closet right now. Oh yeah. I've got one of also, it's the line too about I couldn't even eat dessert knowing I wasn't gonna fuck that girl today. Where yeah, you know, like it does seem like obviously you know vaguely like they're whoring Lizzie out, but Lizzie's a grown woman who can handle yeah. herself, and I think they're pretty good at, at spelling that out with how the character you know does everything at both in this episode and moving forward. But I thought overall like they did a good job where it's like oh is he just being nice like an actor would be nice because this agent is the one who's actually seemingly getting him, and then it's like no he's just trying to bang her, and then Andrew Klein makes it weird and all of that. So yeah. you get a little bit of everything, but I like I just like swimmer like i think swimmer's a guy that probably could have had more work if he if he wanted to but I, i've always kind of had a soft spot for these guys that and, and gals who get like typecast in a sitcom yeah. role and it's like how do you get out of that you know the child actors always struggle with that too and it sometimes leads to their slippery slopes of addiction and all that well swimmer is just like he was just had enough money and didn't feel like anybody was giving him the roles he wanted but he could have been like the smarby boyfriend and like a romantic comedy he could have totally. done some stuff and I think there's a world where he did do that and might have been like the biggest box office star for like the part of the early 2000s. Yeah. Sadly, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> like sadly we just didn't uh, have that happen. No, I was going to say like sadly I've, I've never felt like it's it's happened for him since. I guess the like yeah. the Kardashian thing and the OJ thing, that was a moment, but like that was 6 years ago. I haven't seen David Schwimmer in anything since, but he doesn't need to be in anything cuz he's got that fuck you residuals friends money. 
he needs like his John Lithgow and Dexter arc where he does 100%. something where he's like really dark and it's just like, oh, here's me like finally embracing the acting portion of me that I never got to show on TV. Like I'm hoping that happens because he's actually pretty likable in the Friends reunion too. Like I watched that yep. and that, that cash grab on HBO Max that didn't oh include any sort of new content. Oh my but God. was still like, Brutal. but a likable guy. Like, and I, I, I don't know. I, I admire somebody that's just like, yeah, if I can't make the art I don't like, I want to make, what's the point? And you know, I, you got to kind of respect that. We're both creators. We get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, so I'm, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He's been in some like smaller shows. He was in the reboot of Will and Grace. He did seven, eight episodes of that. That was 2019. He's in a show called Intelligence that ran for a year. Like again, maybe just a lot of swings and misses for him, but he's still out there. Will and Grace feels like a real sellout. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this auteur who would <laughs> refuse to be Ross anymore. And he's just on Will and Grace hopping along, playing, I don't know, whatever. Hey buddy, how'd your lunch go? It was going great till your new TV had crashed it. What? Yeah, what a freak. We were having such a good time. I'm sorry about that, David. You know, I'm sure he was just, you know, feeling protective of a young agent. Bullshit. He's either fucking her or is trying to. Isn't he married? Yes. Well, someone should tell him. Anyway, I like her and I like the idea. We should set up a meeting. You got it, man. And you know, Ari, I'm really pissed. I couldn't even eat dessert knowing I wasn't going to fuck that girl today. I'm sorry about that. I'll see you, David. Uh, and then we, we've talked about Eddie Burns before. New York guy, you know, like, it's the Saving Private Ryan thing. Did his own stream of, like, little indie movies that he directed. He has a the little back and forth he has with drama over, like, no, we're not going to task fucking Natalie Portman. Get the fuck out of here. He's like, The line he says to drama, he's like, dude, you are clearly lost in another one of your delusional daydreams. It's one scene in one episode of a middling NBC drama. It's, it's perfect. It, it really feels like him and drama go way back to their Queens, you know, Brooklyn days, that type of thing. Yeah, he doesn't feel like an actor on the show. Like he, he almost feels like a person who's not really famous, but is just playing like the, you know, the hard nosed director who's not, like he's acting, but he's still being himself in a way that I think is appealing. And I would agree, he's probably over the course of the show, like one of the more like, oh, you feel like a real human being in this world of complete misandry and insanity that happens every single week. Yeah, they can kind of be real with each other because they're they're boys from the old neighborhood, and and, and I like yeah. that. I wish I always wish you could see more of Eddie Burns. He's around in season three when drama's trying to get the five towns role but uh it's good to see him pop up one more time i'm telling you they were bush Tom, leaders Tom, please calm down man. I, I can't calm down if you were there you'd be freaking out too it was awful oh really you know because my wife is friends with one of the girls that came in stacy she said you made her do 25 takes man i gave him all a fair look look i'm trying to make a movie here all right Eddie, I know you moved on from our little TV effort and are content to just receive no-show paycheck, but I'm still here trying to make sure those paychecks keep coming in for you. And I appreciate that, all right? But this thing shoots on Thursday, and we got to lock somebody down, man. We another casting session. There's not enough time. Well, let's make an offer out to some known actresses. A known actress, like who? Natalie Portman. Get the fuck out of here. You're not going to get Natalie Portman. Rachel McAdams. Dude, you are clearly lost in another one of your delusional daydreams. It's one scene in one episode of a middling NBC drama. Look, I'm sorry, but we're not gonna get a big name actress for that part. Spads, what was your, what was the best perk the guys got this episode? Sometimes this isn't super applicable. Like sometimes the guys get cars and watches and VIP access. I don't know if there was what one thing that stood out to me. So I would say this is a problematic take by me, but I would say the perk is Vince being able to go, hey, waitress, do you want to come bang for the day? Like I that wrote was, that down too. <laughs> like, it's, like it's clearly like she's a, a human being who has yeah. choice, all those things, clearly aware of what she's doing as again, she's flashing Vince trying to get the invite back. But ultimately just being able to do that, like that is not something that you, you or I could do, nope. you know, two, two great looking 
recommend for people out exactly. there. This is an audio show you're listening to, but you know, like we can't just go in and de- demand a waitress come home with us and have her receive that well. So I yeah. think overall, it's just got to be a perk. But you know what? You and I don't sit down at a cafe and people recognize us. Sadly, but that's, true. that's, that's the only thing. Yeah, because I, I refuse <laughs> to go out in public now. Yeah, we're in tissue boxes in here, like Howard Hughes. Hey guys. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Hey, Nikki. <laughs> what are you doing today? Working. Ah, too bad. I was hoping we could hang. Well, I can see if someone can cover my shift. Ah, a true friend. <laughs> so every week we talk about if the girl of the week is a keeper or a sleeper. So we've talked a little about Nikki the waitress. She's pretty empty as an actress or as a, as a character. <laughs> Ashley, I've, I've gone pretty deep on Ashley the last couple of weeks, but let's talk about Lizzie Grant because Lizzie Grant kind of like comes into the forefront this episode. She's been in a couple of scenes in previous weeks, but we now get her, you know, her back and forth with Schwimmer, her back and forth with Ari. She's played by actress Autumn Reeser, who is most known for her breakout role of Taylor Townsend in the final two seasons of the Fox series, The O.C. What are your thoughts on both Autumn Reeser and this character of Lizzie Grant's facts? I think she's a character overall. So I love the actress. Like, I think, you know, she was like a, a Rachel Bilson type on yeah. the OC where like she was kind of the, I'd say the, the RC Cola to Rachel Bilson's sure. Coke, if we want sure. to go that sure. way. Yeah. But she's popped up in other things too. And I'm like, oh, it's nice to see Autumn Reeser doing something. I yep. think she's a beautiful woman, like definitely beautiful in a way where like Entourage had a lot of like hot starlet mm-hmm. types, but she's more like, I think traditionally like could carry a movie. Yeah. I think she's got star power too. Like, I think there's, you know, I, I think a lot about the concept of other worlds where like, you know, if you live your life here there's probably some version of you that's like one percent different in another universe somewhere and there's another version that's like completely different there's wow. a world where autumn reeser is like rachel mcadams and is just killing it and like likable every woman type and i think in this film she was like a professional woman who clearly had her dalliances in the personal yeah. game but like was kind of using it to her advantage in a way that could be treated as a bad character as a, sure. as a heel character could be treated as like what it is which is you know we're all shades of gray and she's a person who took maybe took advantage of a situation with herself up but was talented enough to do it so like i loved her i thought she she's great and you know the woman in a power suit look i feel like it's not gonna it's not be a problem yeah it still ages really well and i agree with you the rachel mcadams comp is super interesting and also you getting that existential here on the oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> podcast that's that's the first in a in a long time you know not a lot of people did super existential when we talked about entourage but so I think this idea of like her coming into Ari's office and being like, I want to take ownership for a mistake that I've made. I want to apologize for you. It's really nice. It's a really like, this is a, a fully formed character, an independent woman who's not just getting steamrolled by Ari, Vince, E, Turtle Drama, whoever it is. However, I think Ari's response to her, while it is typical degrading, cursing Ari, is very accurate and true to real life business so lizzie does i do my work i work hard none of this has affected my job and ari goes yes but it's affected my perception of your job and she goes mm-hmm. well, that's not fair and he goes life isn't fair don't fucking cry about it and she's like i don't cry you know this whole strong woman character and he's like listen it's only a matter of time before this whole town and the entire office's perception of you will change so s- cut it out essentially and that's true if you become mm-hmm. known as a ladder climbing female who sleeps with her superiors you will get a stink on you that people will not want to hire you or people will know that hiring you can come with a lot of baggage and it's it's definitely double standard it is so sexist and unfair but him leveling her in that moment being like listen this this isn't this isn't how this works and this is bad for you you need to stop is really kind of a cool little ari moment it's hidden of course beneath all the bullshit of ari 
Yeah, and you could see too, even the way she handled Schwimmer, where it's like, yeah, sure, maybe she is interested in him, but maybe she's also just kind of playing that card again to get sure. what she wants out of the situation to show that she could book him onto a show when clearly nobody else in the room could. So like, I think it is an interesting character. And I think it also, like, it's too, it's too high concept. It's too like smart for Entourage to really fulfill in the right way. And ultimately, like, you know, like I think you could see them perhaps like making her into a villain and it wouldn't be shocking, you know, as they did some of the other strong female characters. But I would say with her, like she definitely, like there's a world where she could have again another another alternate universe and we're just unlocking them all sure where she had a spinoff show and it's like one women are like good for you Autumn. like you go get him lizzie because <laughs> like she she was kind of like a a go girl kind of girl well she also in i think it's next season when ari tries to buy the or bring an nfl team to la talked about things that have aged pretty well <laughs> she is like his point person because she like grew up a crazy football fan so i think there's a scene I'm getting the celebrities wrong as I haven't watched this far ahead in a while, but it's literally like Dicka and Derry and Jerry Jones and stuff. And like Lizzie Grant character sits down and just starts like, you know, talking shop with them, talking football, talking a little bit of shit and proves to be a, a strong ally for Ari in, in the business. So it's nice to see her sticking around just in this plot of like, you're sleeping with old man, Derry Cole right now. This is a bad look. Knock it off, and then your career will be fine. And she but, but also sympathetic, it. too, because of the power dynamic stuff yeah. that, you know, frankly, when I watched the show the first time, like, I wasn't as hyper aware of, like, sure. yeah, like, any man in power, like, you shouldn't do that because, yeah. like, there's just an inherent structure there. So, like, again, it's just stuff that was way ahead of its time, handled as not adeptly as possible by writers <laughs> who did not have that as a focus, but still was what I was watching. I'm like, wow, this is, like, actually pretty interesting if they did anything interesting with it. What is this about? I need to apologize. I don't even know you, so I can't imagine what you could possibly have to apologize to me about. I know you know about Andrew and me, Ari. I thought it was over. It is. So what's to know? I thought I owed you an explanation. What you owe me is two weeks of my life back. I am very sorry. It was a stupid mistake. It was a stupid mistake. That is your explanation? That coming in here was even stupider. Okay, what can I do? Your job and do it well. I work hard. Ari, this hasn't affected my job. It has affected my perception of your job. That's not fair. Well, life isn't fair, so don't fucking cry about I it. I don't cry. If this isn't over, it's only a matter of time before this office and the whole town's perception of you changes. Then I will make up for it. Good. Start today in the meeting with Schwimmer. Do your job, nothing else. Not a problem. So how would this... We kind of touched on it a bit. How would this episode be different today, plot-wise? Let's avoid, like... Oh, that's mm -hmm. problematic. Oh, this so-and-so would be canceled for that. We've kind of touched on that a lot. I'll start. Vince would discover TikTok or Be Real or something like that. Have you heard of this So TikTok? I have TikTok, but maybe Be Real if they were trying to really be in the moment yeah, and be yeah. like, oh, we're not going to do the mainstream one. We'll yeah. do the one that like everybody's doing. Yeah, the one that's that got hot this summer. Months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I actually have, Vince would have to have, to have discovered TikTok or maybe Be Real if we were being really of the moment. So yeah, yeah. I think it's TikTok. He'd be on there browsing. I love the DPZ guy who was like yeah. in a halfway house and he just eats things and declares them either <laughs> busting or disgusting. Yeah. Like Vince would be on that. He'd be yeah. I mean, he could, if you really want to talk about Vince, like who could pull a waitress, if he's just swiping through TikTok, letting that algorithm do the work, Vince could really have a, have a day for himself. He would never have to see these guys again. He could just it's, fill a month. Uh, 100%. And we've, we've talked a lot about this. Usually when this category comes up, Spads, it's like, well, so-and-so would have his podcast or have his social media account that would be like their biggest revenue stream, essentially. Like, yeah. you know, Turtle would be managing Vince's Instagram where they would be doing branded content opportunities and just these guys would never have money problems ever. Hello? Hey, what are you doing? I'm working. What do you think I'm doing? Jane said Ashley's there. So? Mm-hmm. Nothing. 
Hey, how come you're not on this Facebook thing? Uh, because I'm an adult? How come you are? Nikki showed it to me. I set up my profile and I already got 74 friend requests. Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. You remember Kimberly Kirsch? No. Yeah, neither do I, but apparently I was her first kiss in fifth grade. Yeah, she's got four kids now, but she still looks hot. Okay, have fun. Hey, uh, you think it's a bad idea if I invite one of my new friends over? Oh, shut up. She's really cute. College grad, lots of respectable looking friends, all of whom say very nice things about her. Vince, please don't get killed. I'm playing with you. <laughs> okay, you good? Because I should get back to work. E. I'm great, and you should lighten up. Life's good. Just look over at Ashley. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you later. Later. I'll also say E would have gotten rid of his office during COVID and would never have returned to it. Yeah. He would have been working from his house or Vince's house or wherever it is. And then not even like, this isn't problematic, but the scene where <laughs> the scene where Lloyd has to weigh himself for Ari, that that's not going to happen. That's not going to fly in 2022. No, but you know what? It was all for the better. Ari just wants him to be a better man, present yep. better and it fit his suits better. So I think yep. that's a positive. The Johnny drama casting, by the way, also couldn't happen. I don't think like there wouldn't be, Everybody come in and make out with Johnny. <laughs> all this, it doesn't. Up. It doesn't feel like something that happens anymore. Like I, I honestly, no. I've, I've never done TV casting, but I've done a ton of commercial casting. And like, you will put people next to each other, and you'll be like, pretend to be husband and wife, have an argument, have a conversation, but never like, okay, guys, make out for thirty-five seconds while we all <laughs> sit here and watch. That's like, that's borderline porn stuff, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, make out, and if you don't give this man a boner, if you don't draw wood on him, you're getting your ass back home. You're going back to Iowa. <laughs> If this 48-year-old man doesn't get an, er an erection from you right now, we're all going to hate you. We're just, holy shit. Your motivation for the scene. Give yes. him an erection. <laughs> Faces in the crowd. Every week we talk about people in the background who maybe have bigger careers. So so I want to talk about the director in those scenes, Tim. The, the character's name is Timothy Busfield, and he's played by the actor-director, Timothy Busfield. Timothy Busfield, Spads, has over... 700 professional credits to his wow. name. He played Elliot Weston on the television series 30 something. He played Mark, the brother-in-law of Ray Tinsella in Field of Dreams. He was on The West Wing. He played Danny Quintana, I think his most popular role. And he received a, a, an Emmy Award for uh, his role in 30 something, which is a show that aired back in 1991, one we probably aren't super familiar with. And he founded a nonprofit, like a theater center for children. Just one of those guys, just been working, hasn't stopped, and like, just cup of coffee on Entourage. He's in a couple episodes as this, like, Five Towns director. So always good to see stuff like that. On the show. Timmy. Hey, Johnny. Thanks for coming in. Oh, Timmy. Thank you. Thank Eddie Burns. Thank everyone, really. You know, for three years, I've wanted nothing more than to show my range with a solid female character to play off of. Now I believe I could do that. Love the confidence. Yeah, we should have done this a long time ago. We talked about it, but the network was resistant to the idea. Really? Why? They didn't think the audience would believe you could get laid. I'm kidding. Drama, I'm kidding. Timbo, you. But seriously, keep hitting the gym, because the network wants more sexy this season, less flannel. I'll do 24 eps shirtless. Okay, good. Let's bring in the first girl. Let's. Everybody, this is Megan. Hi, Megan. Pleasure. 
that reminds me of one thing, an anecdote that I never get to tell on anything else to do content wise. So you're going to get it today, it. JR. Is that, so I went to USC, minored in theater. And then I basically, you know, like I was majoring in public relations, minored in theater. Cause like, I was like, I need a professional job if the theater thing doesn't work out. The very sure. microscopic chances I don't end up an actor. <laughs> and one of the last classes that informed me about like not wanting to go further was A, at USC, it's like very pre-professional. So they tell you between your sophomore and junior years, you have to send your headshots out to agents, try to get an agent for yourself. Like it's all very transactional because they've done studies that find your window to be an actor is like 18 to 25. And if you sure. don't make it by then, it just falls off of a cliff. I had a teacher who was this actor and I, I forget his name now. So this is probably not doing a, him a service. We can look at his IMDb, <laughs> but he was like, I was, I wasn't, you know, I, he had to talk with me because he knew that I didn't submit my stuff and they go through a checklist and the teacher talks to you if you don't do the things you're supposed to do. And he was like, listen, I know you, you do great work as an actor, like from what I've seen so far, but I could tell you have a little bit of an ego on you. And just so you know, like I'm a working career actor. I've done hundreds and hundreds of gigs. I've made a lot of money. I have a house in the Hills, but wow. I lost out on some jobs to Harrison Ford. I could have been Han Solo and instead it went to Harrison Ford forward can you live with that and i was like no i don't think like i don't think i can <laughs> but like but i do always admire that because it is like a job like for these guys yep. to keep finding the next gib keep you know and to also pay it forward and do you like this guy's doing and you actually have a you know school for people and sure. like you know i admire that a lot the same token like boy that you are in this for the the not <laughs> not the wrong thing but you're in this for the thing that i'm just not in it for and i'm sure vince uh, certainly not in it for in this show sure. You were waiting for Ari Gold to discover you as a yes. as a 19-year-old student at USC. Yeah. It just didn't happen for you. You didn't do a Mentos commercial. Yeah, the best I got was some guy asking me if I wanted to jerk off on camera hey. at a club at, at Ivar. And <laughs> if you really want to throw it back. And a guy with a, like a ponytail and like a, a suit. And he was like, hey, like, you know, like, I know I work with a lot of like young guys. Oh, you go to USC? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like it's a, a great scene, like real professional. All you got to do is just, you know, like just have a little fun on camera. <laughs> it's like, you know what? No, oh, this is this is L.A., huh? Spads. I think that was your shot. I think you missed yeah, it. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my Gary Clint, my Gary Cole. <laughs> I wonder if that keeps you up at night. Damn, you should have. Of all the times I've jerked off, I should have done it then. <laughs> no, I, never on camera, and here I am, just doing all these all these hours and just never jerking off. <laughs> Every week we talk about our sixth man, so someone who comes on scene and doesn't jerk off, but you know, makes an impact. You know, which I guess if someone came on scene and jerked off, that would make an impact. But just does does you know a lot with their minutes. Who do you have for Sits Man Award this week, Spad? So again, this is a controversial choice, I guess. But Ashley Brooks, delightful wow. partner, fun, pretty, reminds E of how he should be happy that Vince is a cash cow, like we talked about. Kind of papers over the walls of of the rest of of E's life, I think, in a way that's helpful. So I would say to me, you know, uh, Sloan is the apex. Obviously, yep. E you know, certainly worked his way through uh, various actresses, like a lot of these characters on the show did but i felt like she gave him a reality check when he needed it the most and i think you know to have that impact on this show that really very rarely has characters actually undergo change and come from it you know different to have the classic character arc you expect of of any sort of content i would say for me she was the sixth man and again just like beautiful another beautiful girl like her yeah. and autumn research like won't get the credit but like just you know really eye catching people on camera you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of it until we started talking, but you've convinced me. She does a great job this episode. I will give Ashley Brooks the credit for this right. episode and this episode only. Exactly. This is my long-term con. <laughs> is I was like, I got to get on the show and make GR like Ashley. And that, that we're all good. That I could just retire from my content career finally. That's it. No more podcasting for me. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Jamie. And I, I want to hear your Jamie mm. take after this. But, you know, she's been nothing but a doting, loyal girlfriend. Last week, she gave Turtle a Porsche. This week, she's giving Turtle a complete blow-up. They're at Brooks Brothers. She's dressing him like a Gossip Girl character. She agrees at the end to help drama out by doing the scene. She's just cool. And I've always, and we've been saying for a couple episodes now, like, 
Turtle way out titting his coverage, but like of all the female characters, all the girlfriend characters, Jamie Lynn Seedler can hang probably the best out of all of them. So she's my, she was on my list here of JR prepares a lovingly crafted run sheet. So we know what to answer here, what to kind of think through a little bit more. So the podcast flows better for everybody listening to this one. I have her as my worst celebrity cameo. And I don't know if it counts because she did enough episodes, but she's just changing the man. She's just treating him like a little cuck, dressing him up, getting him to get these fancy outfits, admittedly bankrolling it is a nice thing to do, but like, it's not even tailored fits. He just still looks like a little, like a sloppy fat guy and in nice attire. And I'm, I'm sorry. No, he's also, a guest of the show in the past as well and but i would say i don't like him like her changing him like i think ultimately turtle should grow on his own he does grow on his own throughout the course of the show starts to make his own money starts to make his own business but he should do it as turtle he shouldn't do it as her little little puppet boy and i feel like that's what this episode was just being a little puppet boy you know what for as much as i disagree with you i think that's totally fair she does enact a lot of change in the character however Mm -hmm. they do put a lot of the seeds in place that like he's been discontinued just discontent what's the word like he's disconcerted he's wanted change for a while now and maybe she is the spark that gets that going let's be honest dude you're married i'm married like my wife doesn't dress me but like the second i met my wife i started dressing better you know what i mean like some of the decisions i now put a night cream on before i go to bed that i wasn't aware that existed until now because of my wife so in a way like a lot of people know, like, you get a female into your life, your quality of life will probably change for the better. I make my my wife worse. Like, we also, <laughs> you know, we really started locking on the relationship during COVID time, so I feel like that probably doesn't help. But, like, yeah, uh, she never ate ice cream before. She would eat, like, you know, whatever the, the zero-calorie <laughs> one is. I forget the brand that everybody sees everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, whatever Whole Foods zero-calorie thing, and now she's eating, ordering salt and straw from L.A. from <laughs> us just because we missed the Halloween flavor. So, granted, she stays in great shape, works out hard, especially for a mom, like, bounced back as hard as anybody that said i've absolutely made her life worse <laughs> i think it's different <laughs> dynamics for different folks that's fucking hilarious uh we've talked about him a lot but let's touch do we miss any johnny drama moments he has a lot of little moments this week's episode I liked him getting torn down a little bit by the director where they were yeah. like, oh, the network just thought you couldn't get laid. Because it's one of those things where like clearly a bar, but also you could see a network focus group being like, I just don't buy this guy. <laughs> anyone. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But yes, like, I think that Johnny Drama, you know, kind of built himself up. It's got torn down in the episode. It's what we expect of drama. Yeah. And then there's a line that Tim, the director, says right after that where he goes, but seriously, drama, keep it tight this season. The network wants more sexy, less flab. Drama like lifts his bicep and is like, I'll do 24 episodes shirtless and kisses his bicep, which is just like exceedingly insecure Johnny drama, like flexing his muscles for a grown man in an audition room. You just needed the Bugs Bunny arm at that point for the full comedic effect. Yeah. And then at the end when Jamie agrees to do this, the scene with drama and like drama's initially giving turtle and Jamie shit. Vince is like, look at this guy. Very nice turtle. And Jamie's like, yeah, I did good. Right. And drama's like, eh, who knew you could find style in the husty section. And she's immediately like, are you really going to talk to him that way? After he agreed to like loan me out to you. And he's like, really? He immediately gets like so sincere. And he's like, thank you so much. This is so great. It's, it's, it's great. I, I, I'm butchering the line. I'll drop the audio in right here. But like his, his turn on a dime from like, fuck you turtle to like, thank you so much guys. It's nice. It's uh, you know, it's nice nice drama bros being bros bros being bros there could be very much be a bros being bros moment you think jessica alva would do it if you called her no any shot you call scarlet joe uh no sorry johnny i understand hey look at this guy very nice turtle i did good right Eh. you don't think he looks nice who knew you could find style in the husky section (laughs) 
That's not nice. He's not nice to me. Why should I be nice to him? Oh, yeah? Loaning out my girlfriend to you isn't nice? What? He asked me to do the show. And believe me, I could tell it was a struggle for him. You asked her? It'll help you out, right? You have no idea how much. It's cool to you, Jamie? Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And it's only one day. Yeah. How many kisses? Like four in a sex scene. But it's network, so it's not gonna be too graphic. There's a sex scene now? I'm kidding. Oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. You're I appreciate welcome. it. I just can't okay, wait. Okay, uh, save it. <laughs> Come here, bro. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. My pleasure. My pleasure. You want a beer? Yes. I need now. a beer. <laughs> Favorite Ari Gold moment from this week's episode? So I think it was him having to confront Andrew Klein because of Klein's wife calling and that whole thing that we discussed yeah. a little bit. But I've always found the Ari rehabbing of the character when they realized like they were on to like an iconic TV character sure. where they were like, we got to soften the edges as we go. And he becomes more paternalistic, you know, cares about his friends, cares about E, cares about these guys. And I think it's, an interesting thing that and you know ended up being important for the show ended up being the reason that uh, you're still seeing Jeremy Piven be able to book these roles and be sure. able to do if they do another movie he's got to be there yeah. and I think it's one of those like TV pivots where it's not huge it's not like a gigantic thing but he was just straight evil like archetype agent in the first in, couple in seasons. the pilot in the pilot he's like I cheat on my wife all the time yeah. and and like dropping some pretty homophobic I mean he you know, it, it's it it's it doesn't age well, but like it really doesn't age well when you watch the pilot versus like season six. Yeah, but he ends up being this likable father figure character, and I think you know that's certainly again out of all the critiques I can give to like the writing of the show, like I think their ability to kind of recognize this is the guy that's on the cover of TV Guide, this is yep. the guy that like is getting our guys. You could do the the TV shows and do the interviews and not be annoying. Like Adrian Grenier can come off in some of those, so like they identified that right away and leaned in on it and got the character right. So I think. This see, this episode to me was like, oh, here's the fully grown Ari Gold, where he still has the edge to him, still is going to be mean, still going to have a little bit of a snippetiness, but he's watching out for Lizzie, he's watching out for Andrew, he's you know checking in on E and seeing how they like he's doing all the stuff that he has to do to be a good human being and even nice to the kids and all that. So yeah. I think I, I like that about Ari. It's like you know it's the growth of him, and maybe if you want to be say that they are doing a good job, like it's the arc of the character that he's grown into his own skin as a man. I love that. And I completely agree. And, and and for my Ari moment, it's along those lines. It's like him helping Andrew Klein while Andrew Klein's basically having a meltdown in his car. He's crying. He's a grown man. It's, it's, a, it's a pathetic kind of bad look. And Andrew literally says to him, tell me what to do. And Ari like takes a beat and is like, think of your kids. Think about how much you want, how you want them to think about your dad. Do you want them to think they spent their entire life seeing you as a liar? Now, ultimately that backfires because it like causes Andrew to like, leave his wife at the end of the episode but he he shoots him straight he doesn't tell him like continue this lie or like you know or you know keep hiding I'll, I'll, i've got your back he said come clean and like think about like all the pain you would cause all these people and that's because ari is at his core a family man and cares about his kids and cares about his wife and cares about his friend so yeah uh that's my moment and uh i completely agree with you like especially in these later seasons like of all the characters like ari is still on that like strong a plot trajectory right every episode i'm like what's ari up to this is so much more interesting than Vinny developing a coke habit and uh and becoming the emotional center of the show like with his dedication to his wife and you know it's like it's definitely a lot of things with the ari character that i think kind of went by the wayside uh, you know watching the show live and now after the fact you're like yeah they really did make this guy into you know an iconic tv character who also has some merits to him what the fuck are you doing please, please don't be mad at me don't be mad at you i'm having a meltdown are you my friend i mean I'm having a meltdown. You're melting me down, no. both personally and at work. No, no, I'm not. You're not. 
You didn't bust in on the David Schwimmer lunch? Yes, like and Schwimmer is doing the show. He's doing it, Ari. He said he, he said he was going to do TV. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't just let him fuck her. Yes, he's doing TV. And, and Sorkin is coming in, okay? He's right there. Are you kidding? No, I'm killing it for you at work. You know it. Shit. And I tried to keep my wife away from your wife. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. You said that it was over. I thought it was, but look at me. Can you just be my friend? Tell me what to do. Think about your kids. Think about how you want them to think about their dad. Do you want them to think that you spent your life as a liar? Spads, who besides Vince won this week's episode? Vince can't win. He wins every week. I think E's life seems pretty nice. And again, he pretended to work for one hour before he decided <laughs> to lure over his current girlfriend at 10 a.m. only for her to bang him on his office couch after <laughs> age shaming his secretary. Uh, but I think, you know, also having the flexibility to just shut down his business on a whim from this this post-coital pep talk. Yeah. Um, so I would say there's a lot of things for E where it's like he lives a charmed life. And I think this episode was a reminder that you're working so hard and you're going to make the same amount of money, probably even more because he's not paying the office overhead. He's not paying yeah. the trip keeper to be his secretary. <laughs> so- <laughs> it's all looking good for you. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I- I'm gonna give it to your girl Lizzie Grant. So obviously she's you know she's got this kind of messy perception of her with the Andrew Klein thing, but she breaks it off with Andrew Klein cleanly on her end. And I, d- I guess at the end of the episode, like Andrew Klein confirms like she gets David Schwimmer to come back to TV, which mm-hmm. is huge for her career, visibility wise in the agency. Like, like I mentioned later on, she's like a senior. TV agent and she helps out Ari with the NFL deal like it's all good like her trajectory is starting her star is starting to uh to shine a little bit so yeah and you, and you gotta see like there's no way she fails I think at this yeah. point either just based on what you're seeing of the character based on her drive her competency her ability to work a room and in, in a way that nobody else in that entire room of agents could so I agree like she's a good one but you know it's hard to argue with E because his life is so easy and he but boy what a tortured artist he is along the way <laughs> Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage, and we can do pluses and minuses? So I, I felt like it was between a B-list and a D-list because I yeah. did like the Schwimmer stuff, but it felt like it was kind of one of those setting the pieces up episodes that Entourage would do a lot where then nothing really happens with it, that they sure. move the pieces around, and it's like, never mind, same thing. So I think that's... <laughs> never mind, they're say, still on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say I could go closer to B. The more we talk about it and the more that I feel like I was a part of a special episode, like you're talking about the Schwimmer cameo being up there, I think if you have like a top five, top 10 cameo, you yep. probably have to go on the higher side. So. Sure. I would go B-list, but definitely some some D-list vibes at portions of it. I completely agree with you. I was going to say D-plus to B-minus. I think the yeah. Schwimmer cameo elevates it to about a B-minus. Like I mentioned, like the show starts to like really trend downward in the next couple weeks. Uh, but the, the Schwimmer cameo, the drama plotline's funny, and like it's it's good, and like there's some comedic moments in that. But next week we have the Dolph episode. It's an all-timer. The week after that we have drama and Jamie on set and like the studio exec basically trying to bang Meadow Soprano. And it just gets like really, really like strange and convoluted and things things start to really spiral. So uh, before I go, Spads, before we, we, we finish out this episode, this is a question I asked all my first-time guests. And I hope you can come back maybe in the, the next two sure. seasons. We can talk about, you know, a season seven or season eight. For it eight to get worse? Great. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you in your own real life entourage? So I have to ask, I'm going to preface this by saying everybody picks Vince, right? It's either got to be Vince or E, and I feel like it's got to be a lot of Vince. 
No, I've, I've only had like three or four people say Vince. And like, they're the okay. types of people that you would expect to say Vince because their career arc, like people kind of circle them. But I had a uh, Robbie Hummel, who's like an ESPN mm-hmm. commentator and like was a big 10. He played for the Minnesota 10. He's like a big time NBA player. He's like, I'm Vince because all my friends get stuff through me. And I'm like, that made sense. And then I had Adam Ray, who's like a really famous comedian. He's almost becoming like a, you know, B-list actor. Same thing. He's like, I got all the hookups here in LA. Like I'm Vince, but it's a, it's a short list for Vince. Are you adding yourself to that short list? So uh, yeah, I guess apparently I'm joining this list of luminaries or Mount Rushmore of guys who think they're Vince, (laughs) but mine is not quite, you know, as pronounced as those guys, but like even my first job out of college was doing PR at WWE Mm -hmm. and like right the first week I got hired actually before I even started on the job, I had to go do a photo shoot with John Cena in Boston. And we had this like sick hotel on the water. My friend just came up for the weekend because we were just like, we, I just got out of college. This is like, you know, it's like a thing where they were just riding along here. They got to hang out the entire day as I'm with John Cena shirtless, feeling terrible about myself. (laughs) He's a 21 year old shirtless as well. You and so he felt good about himself yeah, yeah, but like you know that too when i was at barstool like i would go in and have mm-hmm. some hookups and i you know, sure. I, you know both literally and also like hookups at places and would go yeah. in and like would be like the cool guy where i was you know in my late 20s early 30s about the time i was at barstool with friends who were like you know one of my friends went to law school went to yale law school very accomplished very smart guy sure. but totally out of his depth hanging out with 20 25 year olds whereas like meanwhile i was hanging out with like athletes i was sure. hanging out with jacks from vanderpump who was a fucking weirdo <laughs> but like you know like all this stuff where it's like oh it's like cool on paper but to me it's just like oh this is weird and yeah, i don't know so part of, I, part of the job so yeah, exactly. you're saying you're vince because you brought your friends along to those things which i think is a totally fair assumption like no you weren't an a-list movie star but no. you had access which is something that not a lot of people do yeah and i've been the person yeah, who's had access who's been somewhat noteworthy who's had the daily mail articles about my <laughs> my life for better and worse and you know yeah. and, and all that stuff but also like i've always been the one where it's like if we're going to a party like it's usually my person who knows the like if it's a good party that you want to go to where there might be even a chance of entourage equivalent actresses there hmm. i would say like that's you know that's been my lot in life but and i even had the floppy hair at one point like vince so i could say you know i i can go for it but i now i feel like an asshole now compared to like tv stars <laughs> athletes but I, i'm putting myself right in there jr all right you're on the short list for vince yeah a lot of people say e a couple people say turtle i'd probably lean more e but i have a little bit of there's a flair of vince with me too with some of the access i have out here in southern california and it's who's making drama who are the noteworthy dramas some people say that like oh i have a sense of humor like drama or oh i'm the oldest one in my friend group i can't i can't you know i don't have like an encyclopedia it like memory of who said drama but there's been a few but it's definitely the the smallest of, of all yeah, it's like oh i occasionally make women come out to make out with me awkwardly in front of others <laughs> just give me a boner right now <laughs> you give me, if i'm not drawn wood baby you gotta go <laughs> spads this has been a blast so much fun where can the listeners of oh yeah oh yeah find you follow you watch you and listen to you you can follow me on Twitter and I guess Instagram if you want to see baby pics at Chris Spags. You can check me out. Splash Play podcast I do with Pete Overzet. It's a fantasy football podcast, but doing more. Um, a lot of betting content. Football Outsiders is my day job. I'm launching a startup. It's a lot going on. So follow me at Chris Spags. Enjoy the journey because I think you know you you're one of those guys too. I think we both have had fairly eclectic content careers, and a lot of people now it's like you come up and it's like you just want to be a content creator. Like I've experienced things, done some different stuff. So I hope it makes it worthwhile and shows like this that I just don't get to talk enough about Entourage ever in life. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate it and I will definitely have you back. Have a great rest of your week, guys, and we will talk to you next month.